0: So another time the kids were playing and again, mom's on the computer and, you know, um, Shania jumps up on the armrest of the, the couch and like WWE body slams my baby sister. And to the point, like we, like she went purple. She could not catch her breath. We had to call the ambulance, um. We ended up having to like, we took all our clothes off, put on the cold counter to kind of get her to take her breath back. Like after we called nine and one, that's what they had recommended. And, you know, it's just like all these like things that could have been prevented if somebody would have been paying attention. Um, And there was lots of nights where I would go to bed and I would go downstairs to say goodnight to my mom. And I would literally just be like, mom, 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 I'm going to bed, mom, I'm going to bed. And I sound like a broken fucking record, but that's how like zoned out she was and zoned into the computer. Like that was her life. And I knew what she was doing because of, you know, what I had read. And it obviously made me feel really uncomfortable. And when she was with, um, the middleman, we'll call him, I don't know. The men, they never got married, but they were engaged. Um, you know, I would get like banished like as soon as the kids went to bed, I'd either have to go downstairs or I'd have to go to my room. Like I wasn't allowed to sit with them. You know, I wasn't allowed to, and I I was a pretty mature kid too. So like, uh, like intellectually, like I liked being around adults. Um, and you know, I was never allowed to be around them. Like I always felt like I was a nuisance. Um, so yeah, there was just like a lot of neglect. There was a lot of Um, Blame put on us kids too Um, And then Obviously she gets together with The the last man Um, And everything Kind of like came to a head so like for a while It was like the most Bizarre thing so She had three men in her life at one Point The most recent The married man And the guy that she would use me to manipulate. And, you know, it was like weird when you would see, you know, one man leave in the morning and another one show up, you know, an hour later. And she's, you know, hugging them, kissing them, you know, and it was just really weird. And like, the one guy that left his wife for a little while, like he even, like, t- he would, like, take me skating. He bought me Christmas presents, like, things that, you know, you shouldn't be bringing all these random people into kids' lives. Um, you should really, like, consider these relationships because obviously, as kids, you get attached. And because, like, I wasn't getting what I needed from my own mom, um, you know, I got really attached to these people because they were paying attention to me more than what my mom would even, and more than what my last stepdad was. And, you know, so you get attached and, um, it sucks when, you know, all of a sudden that person isn't in your life anymore and you don't know why. Um, so then she gets together with the, you know, 17 year old, um, She's going through a messy separation with my last stepdad. Um, He, like, went into our house and, like, moved a bunch of shit out when we weren't home one day. She gets a restraining order on him. It's just a messy situation. Um, The 17-year-old, he was working on the rigs at the time, so he was in and out and camp. And, you know, when he was away at camp, that's when the other men would arrive. You know, because narcissists need an energy supply all the time. Um and it was just really fucked up. Just really like really fucked up. Um and so we go out to this his parents' place, and he would have at this point been, he would have just turned 18. So they have a place out by St. Louis and they live in this little trailer and we went out there. They were gone to Saskatoon to see his sister and we're staying out there and I wake up in the middle of the night and I, again, hear her having sex because she's just a disgusting human being. And, um, at this point I have had enough. So. I go out to the living room, I grab my phone, and I take off. I call the man that supposedly wanted to adopt me, and I tell him what happened, and I tell him to come pick me up. I take the dog, and I head to the trees, because I figured if I went through the trees and made it to the highway, that nobody would find me. So I have this dog and I'm, you know, running through the trees, trying to get to the highway to meet, um, this person. So he could pick me up so I could get back to town and, um, I can hear my mom screaming for me. I can hear her man screaming for me and I'm just going, they realize I have the dog. So they start calling the dog. So I've always been very connected to animals um, all my life. And this dog was not leaving my side. And the only reason that they found me was because the dog's damn dog's eyes were reflecting against the light when he had his flashlight looking for me. So he finds me. He hugs me. I'm crying. I'm freaking out. He hugs me, he says, it's okay, I love you, let's go back to the house, you're going to be okay, okay, so we go back to the house, and my mom grabs me by the throat, pins me up against the pantry door, and slaps me across the face, and tells me that I have ruined every relationship in her life. Because I didn't enjoy hearing her having sex with an 18-year-old. That's the blame that I get. So when my mom separated from the middleman, um, they ended up going bankrupt. So the bank ended up taking the house. Um, we ended up moving out to Marwayne, but there was a transition where we had to stay in in the area for a little while before moving and so we moved out to his parents farm for a little bit and um I had been like talking about wanting to move with my dad for quite some time and my grandma had you know talked to me about it and said you know maybe it's a good idea and and so I finally get brave enough because that's the thing. I never felt like I could talk to my mom about anything. I never felt like I could have open conversations with her. Um, you know, I always felt like I was a nuisance. I always felt that I was, um, you know, basically I just felt like a pain in the ass. Um, I wasn't seen and I wasn't heard. Um, I didn't feel loved. And so I was scared. I was scared to have these conversations with my mom. Um, So me and my sister, um, so in our family, it's two, two, and two. So there's three dads. Um, So me and my sister, you know, are um, full sisters, I guess. And we come up with this plan that we want to move with my dad And so we write out a letter saying that I want to move. We wanted to move to Saskatoon with our dad. And I put it under my mom's pillow for her to read. Um, My mom read the letter and I got grounded for two months because of it. Um, I got yelled at, screamed at, um, was told that I was such a disappointment, um, hit like my this 17 year old, 18 year old now, his parents, his mom yelled at me and screamed at me because at this time, at this time, my mom had manipulated them to think that she was this great person and that, you know, she was with him and that this guy loved her kid. Like, and he did, he, he was good to us for the most part. Um, and so, She, yeah, she just weaseled her way in and, 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 and it's kind of fucked up. I'm not going to lie that, you know, they didn't think that this was kind of weird that, you know, at the time when he met a 17 year old and a 32 year old, like that's pretty fucked up, but whatever to each their own. Um, a lot of people are naive to the crazy shit that are, that goes on in this world. Um, so I got it from, you know, all, all ends, you know, I'm a disappointment I'm ungrateful, um, I'm a little bitch, you know, all these things. So I get my phone taken away. I'm not allowed to ride my horse. I am um, had to do all these chores and wasn't allowed to hang out with my friends, you know. And this was my last two months living in PA um, with my friends that I wasn't allowed to see or hang out with or talk to. So I was pretty, like, hard to moving away without having... Any support, really, because I was cut off from everyone. Um, When I said that I wanted to move in with my dad, my mom picked up the phone and called my dad. And she said, yeah, well, if you want to move in with your dad, he better come fucking pick you up right now. And I went, okay. And, And it was also, oh, and by the way, if you move with your dad, I'm selling your horse and you'll never see him again. Okay. So we call my dad. And I didn't know at the time, but he was in the Shushwaps, um, houseboating. He was on holidays, you know, can't fault the guy for that. Um, and so then when she couldn't get a hold of him and he didn't, I don't think he had a cell phone at the time. And this was like back in the day where like people, we didn't carry cell phones on it, on, on ourselves all the time. And so he obviously didn't answer his phone cause he wasn't home and you know, then the manipulation and the gaslighting started and it was like, well, your dad doesn't even care about you. He can't even answer the fucking phone. He doesn't want you. Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, just making a child basically feel completely fucking worthless. Um, so then I stay obviously, cause I have, you know, nowhere to go. And my mom's threatening to sell my horse, my beloved Bailey. So, um, anybody that knows me knows that Bailey was literally a part of my identity. You know, like if I seen family, it was, you know, Oh, how's Bailey? He have been riding lots. What have you been doing with him? You know, it was me and Bailey. That was just my personality growing up was I was a horse crazy girl, and that horse was my absolute life. And so knowing that if I moved, she would sell my horse was really disheartening. Um so when we moved out to Marwayne, my dad had actually um started taking me and was like showing me other horses, telling me cuz he did. Like he like if I would have wanted to move with him with my dad, he was willing, you know, to open up his home and take me in like any father should. Um And so he was trying to make steps to make me comfortable. And he was trying to find me a horse so that I would be happy. And, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't my Bailey. And I was too scared to leave because I was too scared that she would actually follow through and sell my horse. So with this horse, um, I paid I worked I paid his board I paid for you know his feet trims and everything but she would never let me ride my damn horse she would never take me out there um to ride and you know one day I finally got the balls to say well why am I paying for this horse when I don't even get to ride him And then again, you know, you get told that you're ungrateful and blah, 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 and you're a little bitch and this and that. And, you know, you get gaslit. Um, And the funny thing about this horse is my mom couldn't even ride the damn horse because the last time she had rode him, he bucked her off. He stepped on the back of her leg and smashed up her knee. And so then she was scared of him. We went riding one time all together and I was riding Bailey. And I was goofing off, riding in front of the saddle, behind the saddle, side saddle. It's just, that's how I was with that horse. And so she finally gets jealous and she goes, well, I want to ride my horse. Okay. She gets on him. He tries fucking her off, tries running into her hay bales. And then when I get back on my horse, he's just a complete disaster. And she tells me I ruined her horse. No, he just, <laughs> he just knew that you're a piece of shit and wanted nothing to do with you. Like, that's how, like, negatively you affected people and animals. Um, so when we were young, my grandma had um, bought bonds for us. When my bond came time to mature, my mom took that money and said, this is, you can pay for Bailey and... I'm going to take this money and, and and you're buying Bailey from me. But I still wasn't allowed to fucking ride the damn horse. So I had at this point bought him, gave her the $800 or whatever. I don't even, to, to be honest, I don't even know what those bonds had matured to because I didn't see any of the money. So another funny thing that she did um, was she put me through driver training or wanted me to take driver training. She said my dad had to pay for it. So my dad sent her $700 to pay for driver training. I went to one driver training course and she kept the rest of the money. Now, also, please note that my dad faithfully paid child support every fucking month. So when we moved to Wayne, my mom had a restraining order against the middleman. And um, when we moved... And I I think the restraining order was just going to clear the air. It wasn't like an abusive thing or anything. It was she had a restraining order because he had stole stuff from the house without it being gone through the courts or whatever, which it didn't matter anyways, because everything went back to the bank. But when we moved to Marwayne, I was old enough. I was 14 when we moved and I was old enough. Um, that I remember, you know, and she would tell me that she deleted voicemails from those, the middle kid's dad, and she would throw away the birthday cards that they would send. So she literally would not allow those kids to talk to their own father. And so eventually, you know, he stopped trying and it's really fucking sad that he stopped trying, but I guess at that point, um, he probably felt like, there was nothing he could do. Um, and obviously, I was young at the time, so... And I never had a conversation with him now um, as an adult to, you know, ask why he didn't try harder um, for the kids. And, you know, there was times where, like, my mom had turned me against my own dad. And, and, and I, like as fucked up as it is, I get it. She was that difficult to deal with that they were like willing to abandon their own kids because she made it like that impossible. Um, and even like with my dad, like if we were going back to PA for something, she wouldn't go the Saskatoon way so that she can meet like, so that might, she could drop us off to my dad's. So if my dad wanted to see us, so we used to take the bus back and forth. And then my mom decided that that wasn't safe anymore. And so she said that my dad would have to come all the way to Marwayne, pick us up, take us back to Saskatoon and then drop us off. Well, when you only have, you know, a weekend and you spend all day Friday driving, you have Saturday together and then you have to leave early on Sunday. Like it makes it pretty fucking hard to have any quality time with your fucking family. Um, but that's just like how, like, that's how, like the mind games that she always wanted to play, you know, like she never could make anything easy. Um, and she would just pick at people until they blow up. And then when they would blow up, it was, Oh, see, you're the problem. You have a problem. Um, you know, and she'd always like say that my dad beat her and, And yeah, I seen some pretty fucking crazy fights and I seen my dad throw some pretty big tantrums and smash, you know, glass and shit, but I never seen him raise his hand to my mom, raise a hand to my mom. Um, and it's funny because she, you know, was telling everybody that, oh, and your dad, he beat me and that scar that I, that he has on his arm, that's because he was beating me and I stabbed him with a screwdriver. So I went to my dad and I said, hey, do you have a scar on your arm? My dad's like, no, I don't think so. Why? I said, well, were you ever stabbed with a screwdriver? And he goes, what the fuck? No. What are you talking about? And I said, well, mom said that you were beating on her and she stabbed you with a screwdriver. He's like, no. He's like, that never happened. He said, your mom would get so fucking drunk when she would come home that I would give her dirty diapers wrapped up in a fucking blanket and say that it was you. And she would cuddle dirty diapers thinking she was holding her daughter. That's how fucked up she would get when she would go out. So yeah. So just like the amount of lying, you know, that went around and the the manipulation and the gaslighting was just like fucking whatever. Um, So, yeah, no, there was – that happened, and um, we moved out to Marwayne, and um, I started dating, you know, my high school boyfriend, and my mom was incredibly fucking inappropriate, and she would turn porn on while my boyfriend was there, and at the time, like, I was still a virgin, and so I was incredibly fucking uncomfortable when my mom would turn on porn, um, and then she would wonder why I was mad or moody or upset with her and why I would leave the room. And then she would, you know, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? You know, and it's like, man, like, what the fuck are you doing? And like, she would like flirt with my boyfriends, you know, and just like super inappropriate shit. And obviously, I already had like a fucked up relationship with porn because I had been, um, exposed to it at such a young age not only from you know the porn random porn that was on the tv but also you know these fucking um pictures and fucking videos that they had um that we had found because you know kids are kids like you're fucking snoopy it is what it is like obviously if i would have known that's what was fucking on those things i would not have fucking watched like turn them on um But, yeah, so then that really, like, solidified, like, my, I don't know, my relationship with porn, um, and it, like, and it funneled into, like, my future relationships with boyfriends because I, it made me so uncomfortable that, like, I couldn't handle when people would watch it, like, it would just make me feel gross, um, Yeah. And so then, um, the summer that we moved out to Wayne, uh, me and my best friend, one of my other best friends from, um, PA decided that we were going to be pen pals and we were going to write to each other every single day and we were going to write what we were doing, um,